Welcome to Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. Now here's your host, Dr. Katrina Forseth, a missionary serving as State Director of CEF of Illinois. Thanks again for listening to Telling Future Generations. Today we're going to continue part two of Gracia Burnham's testimony, a missionary who served in the Philippines with New Tribes Missions, how Gracia and her husband Martin were held captive for over a year by a Muslim terrorist group. We're going to pick up where Gracia left off last week, how God began changing her heart towards her captives, including towards a pestering 14-year-old boy that she has zero regrets today and having the opportunity to show him the love of Christ. Praise God that the Lord is indeed in the heart-changing business still today. We hope you enjoy part two of Gracia Burnham's message called Held Captive by God's Love. And God's in the heart-changing business. That's what he does best. Be warned, though, and I don't have to tell any of you, um, you know, change is hard. Yesterday, I drove from southern Missouri to here, and as I passed through Hannibal, I thought about something that Mark Twain said about change. He said, um, the only person who likes change is a wet baby. We get comfortable with life. Things are going well the way we've carefully planned them to go, and we're really good at that, aren't we? And all of a sudden, wham, this problem hits, and it's not a small one. This time it's a big one, and we have some choices to make. Are we going to trust God? Are we going to look to him? Because we certainly can't trust ourselves when we can't help ourselves. And we come to know God in a completely new way when we really seek him. And we come out on the other end changed. And I'm so glad that God changed me in the jungle. Wouldn't it be sad to have gone through that horrific experience and not to have learned anything from it? We were truly held by God's love. He so often encouraged our hearts in just awesome ways. At the year mark of our being held hostage, we were at an all-time low. You know, who would have ever thought that this nightmare would continue for over a year? And Martin, for several months, had been eyeing a shortwave radio that one of the guys had, and he got up the nerve to ask Abu Sabaya, one of the leaders of our group, if he could borrow it. And we were searching around looking for... Voice of America or anything English speaking so we could get some news and we came across a Christian radio station out of Alaska KNLS we tuned in just as a pastor from Nashville was reading verses about how Christ is seated at the right hand of God making intercession for us he said if you could hear Jesus in the next room praying for you right now, you would not be afraid of any enemy. And then he went on to pray for those who were suffering hardship for the sake of the gospel. He prayed for those suffering from oppression and those living in war-torn areas. And Martin and I looked at each other with big eyes. That's us. He's talking about us. That message on the radio, it wasn't very long at all, was the first spiritual input from the outside that we'd had in over a year. So refreshing, the reminder that Jesus can sympathize with what we're going through and that he's praying for us, and 
that were held captive by his love. During your hardship, please know that God has not abandoned you. No matter what situation you find yourself in today, you are not alone. God knows how you feel. He loves you, and he's given you special permission to come straight to him with your burden. We kneel right at God's throne, right there where Jesus sits right now praying for us. That's amazing. Well, you know how our story went, uh, how for months it looked like our release was right around the corner, and then something would happen, and negotiations would break down again, and we would be back to square one again, and how that went on for what seemed like forever. Uh, But I got to come home and raise my children. The kids are grown now. I think we have pictures of them. Um, They love the Lord, y'all. God's been really, really good to us. And the next one is a picture of me and my grandchildren. And I've recently moved to Florida to be near them. And my kids and I have asked people like you all over the world to start praying for our captors. And why are we surprised when God does something awesome and answers our prayer? I don't know. Oh, me of little faith. (laughs) God's given me a rest of the story. Several years ago, an American couple that works in prison ministry in the Philippines contacted me. They'd gotten a hold of a comic book series that our foundation printed, 13 comic books on the lives of the prophets, those men that Muslims believe to be prophets, Adam, Abraham, Moses, Elijah, David, on through Jesus. Um, I have a few of them here. We were so happy with them. They're beautiful. They're colorful. They're done in Taosug. So actually, I have no idea what they say. <laughs> They're in Taosug. Now, one word I do know. This is the story of Jesus when he was a little boy. And it says, Magsultan. What's a sultan? A king. Jesus was king of kings. Lord of lords. Well, they gave these comics away in the prison, and the guys loved them. They said, anything else you print, we want to read. But they said, the interesting thing that's happened is, these guys found out Gracia Burnham printed these. They're coming to us saying, we're former Abu Sayyaf. We're the ones who held them captive. I said, well, ask them their names. Maybe I know them. Here came the names. Sure enough, guys, we walked with, lived with, starved with, 23 or so of them in prison for the rest of their lives. There's Zacharias, who on May 27 burst into our room at Dos Palmas with his M16. He was so surprised to find out that our youngest son and him had the same name, Zachary, Zacharias, that we would name one of our children after one of their Muslim prophets. And we just let him think that. Daoud, the guy that used to sit and talk with Martin when we would rest during our long days of hiking. Daoud's job was to carry the solar panels through the jungle. The solar panels would charge the sat phones and the cell phones so they could talk to the outside government negotiators. Daoud's wife and child had died in childbirth. So Daoud found himself with no family, no means of support, and because the economy is horrible in the southern Philippines where he was, he joined the Abu Sayyaf almost as a career move. 
Martin and Daoud would sit and discuss all sorts of things from jihad, holy war, to being shaheed, being martyred. They discussed Daoud's hopes and dreams. They talked at length about whether Jesus really raised from the dead or not. Also in jail is Bashir. We called him Bas for short. He was shot in the same gun battle that Martin died in, uh, the one that led to my rescue. Bashir was unable to keep up with the group as they retreated down the river, so they left him behind to fend for himself with 500 pesos, $10. You can't buy anything in the jungle. You can't take care of yourself. And several days later, the military found him. Gangrene had moved into his leg. It had to be amputated. He sends me notes every once in a while, and he always signs them, your friend. Anyway, this couple and I have gotten together to figure out ways to show the love of Christ to these guys, and I wish I could, you know, I have an hour of stories to tell, but awesome things are happening. These guys are reading the scriptures in their own dialects. Some of them are going to Bible studies. I'm supporting several of the poorest of the poor, so they have some means of buying soap to wash their clothes or when they take a bath. I'm sending some of their children to school so they have careers and they don't get sucked into that vortex of hatred. And we don't even know if our ideas are good ideas or not. Maybe they're stupid ideas. But we're just asking God to bless our meager efforts. And he has to make a very long, awesome story, very short, So far, at least five Abu Sayyaf have come to know Jesus as their Savior. Um, Four that we know of um, in the prison. The most recent one, the fifth, isn't even in the prison. A pastor in a remote place in the Philippines contacted me and said that... um, One of the former leaders of the Abu Sayyaf has moved into his area. The whole family's come to know the Lord, and they're trying to live a quiet, peaceful life and grow in their faith for as long as they can, because someday somebody's going to realize who he is, and he needs to pay for his crimes. And we just keep praying. And I wonder if you'd want to pray, too. When you think about me and my story Pray especially for Zachary, Zacharias, who's very hard and resistant towards anything having to do with the gospel. God can do anything, Candy. And it's not over till it's over. And I think God's let me be a small part of what's going on there in the prison just to encourage my heart because he loves doing good things for his children. Had I known while we were going through our hard year in the jungle that one day even one of those guys would come to know Jesus because of our experience, I think the days would have been easier to bear. And I could kick myself now and say, would it not have been enough to trust a good God with the days of my life? Can we begin to believe that God takes us into hard situations not to crush us, but so that we can learn to see his hand and learn to trust him when he's doing a good work. And God's work is good. It's always good. What he's doing in the midst of the mess and the hardship is good. And I've been encouraged that there can't be a harvest without seed planters. And maybe planting seeds isn't always fun. 
Maybe planting seeds for you is downright uncomfortable and you don't see any fruit for your labors. You might wonder why you were called to plant seeds, because you're not even good at it. But all of a sudden, you see what God's doing. And I've been reminded that the seed we planted in the jungle wasn't wasted. Others are reaping what we sowed ever so long ago. God's almighty. He can do anything. So keep planting those seeds, my friend, those seeds of the gospel that Christ died for our sins, the seeds that God said will never be wasted. Keep on when you feel like giving up, when you don't see any fruit, when you don't know what you're doing. Just keep on. It's God that's going to do the work on down the road. We hope you enjoyed the second part of Gracia Burnham's message, Held Captive by God's Love. As we heard from Gracia today about the importance of planting seeds of the gospel, isn't it amazing to think how God can use people like you and people like me to spread the gospel to others? Never get over this great gospel truth that the Lord is pleased to use you, his people, even in our human frailty, imperfections, and great undoneness before holy God, to plant those gospel seeds in the lives of others and then stand back and watch what God does. God is indeed in the heart-changing business through the power of the gospel that is often displayed through the lives of his people, including the midst of our most difficult days, heartaches, and trials. Praise God for the gospel and praise God for the unending love of Christ that others all around us need to see, hear, and know. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again next week. Thank you for joining us today for Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. To learn how you can partner with Child Evangelism Fellowship to reach children in your community, please call 309-688-9699 or visit cefofillinois.com. Please join us again next week at the same time for Telling Future Generations. Tell me again